Like when is your parents getting you a puppy though for Christmas? I feel like that would be like you get your own would, dog when you're an adult. I don't know. It's it was weird. To I me. feel like it would not be out of the realm of possibilities. My parents would buy me a puppy, still, to this day. Okay, okay, okay. That's I, that's. I'm not ashamed to say that. I think that's a nice thing to say. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the final girl. Disco Citizens, it is Horror Movie Survival Guide, and I am Julia. Who are you? I don't know. Wait, who? What? Terry? Gremlin? I don't know. Mogwai? Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this week, uh, we are talking about 1984's Gremlins. Title of this episode is Mogwai Will Be Waiting. Tagline for this movie, cute, clever, mischievous, intelligent, dangerous. Okay. They are all so, of those things. That is correct. They, they are. It's accurate. This movie was written by Chris Columbus and directed by Joe Dante. I love you, Joe Dante. The uh, the rough kind and of produced movie. by <laughs> Steven oh. Spielberg. Well, I mean, it's a little a little a little filmmaker also a, 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 I, like, a you part know, of this he does, party. Does, does he need any more accolades at this point? I mean, no. Yes, you're right. I'm the, just say I did not know. This is my first time watching Gremlins, Julia. Ever? What? Are you fucking kidding? No, I'm not. Why would I watch this in 1984? My parents would never have let me watch this movie. Well, we're going to change. We're going to exchange story for story right now. But because yeah. I saw this movie at five, my parents yeah. took me to see this in 1984 at five years old. A terrified me. B yeah. found out there was no Santa Claus from this fucking movie. <sighs> this is oh, how Santa Claus was ruined for me. No. Yeah, and I told Joe Dante that years later, and he laughed. <laughs> <laughs> he laughed at me. Um, so I have this movie is very clear in my memory because of of that, and also uh, because that night that we we came home after seeing this movie, and we had locked ourselves out of our house, and there was this one bedroom window in the back that was open a little bit, and they were like, Julie, just like climb in the window and go around and lock unlock the door, and I was like, Nope, Gremlins in there, not going in there. Uh, uh-uh. uh. So my brother had to like cram his way through this little window to go open the door. So. That's so. This is what happens when you see it at five. Santa Claus is ruined. So be glad that you didn't. That is <laughs> or hilarious. Maybe, I don't know. It, yeah. I mean, I love it movie, and I I think it's a brilliant film. And I think the fact that it does have. I, I wish mean, I had it, seen it earlier in my life after watching it at forty something. So that's okay. all I'll say. It's like a little bit, a little bit hocus pocus Goonies too old. Like when, okay. when someone is like a little too old seeing this movie and you're like, okay, I get okay. it. Like it's beautiful. The creatures are disgusting and gorgeous and like cute. And they do all the things that you said in that tagline. But yes. I was like, okay, like maybe also because culturally it's like literally everywhere. So like I, you know, knew what they, what it was going to happen. I kind of knew the story, yeah. but I, um, yeah, I had never, it's my first time watching the movie. Okay, yeah. crazy. So yeah. uh, the original cut of this movie was two hours and 40 minutes. 
oh, which shit. I would have liked to have seen. Um, this so this is another name I forgot to mention. A little Jerry Goldsmith also did the score for this, so it's it's running on all, it's all, all cylinders. It's right? literally it's, legends, yeah. And you know, this is 1984 Spielberg, and it's not like. He, he ever gets any less, but this is, you know, very, very big time. Uh, we have alternate universe casting for you. Bring it. Um, I, I tried really hard to imagine both of these people as Billy, and I really couldn't do it. So uh, first is Emilio Estevez. Okay. I mean, mm. after Maximum Overdrive a little bit, but he seems like almost a set, no shade to the guy who played Billy, but he seems like too smart. Yeah, Emilio strikes me as a little smarter. I don't think it's smarter. I less think it's naive. more like world worldly. Yeah, he's yes. less naive. Yeah, he is like more worldly. Like, like he wouldn't be taken as as hard. Uh, like also, Billy could have had like super virginal, and like Emilio never seemed virginal to me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, like, then if we want less virginal than that, how about Judd Nelson as Billy? Oh hell yeah! Hell you would yeah. like that? Well, no, I just I love him. I'm, he would not well, be. Okay, he, for, he also would also be very different too. Also, would be very less innocent. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, like I'm so, you know, Zach Galligan, who plays Billy, was such a crush, even at five, you know, he's like so Oh, he's beautiful. a crush now. And he's then, adorable. Adorable. And then Phoebe, like, him and Phoebe Cates together, you're like, Jesus Christ, man. It's like the sandwich of heaven, deliciousness. They're so amazing. Like such a cute chemistry. Um, so yeah, they're I, the perfect that, 80s teenagers. They are like super cute. Very, very cute. Uh, beautiful. Sexy. Love it. Uh, so this, I, the thing that I realized this time watching it, and I've, as I mentioned, seen it a billion times that the dad is the narrator right he starts out you know yeah. like this is the story and I, and I was like that's kind of weird that it's from his point of view because he's rarely in the actual action right like he's gone for most of he's what not even in the town. town like he's no. at his convention his dad is like invention inventor convention you know the whole time so I don't understand either I, I really didn't realize that again till at the very end when he comes back like when the voice yeah. comes back to like tie up the epilogue kind of basically and i was like oh i was like did they hire him because he's like a really great voice actor because like his on-screen presence does not jive super well <laughs> with the rest of the family well, okay. i was like why is this dad he seems like such a like an old investi private investigator not an old inventor oh, he's like a colombo yeah. kind of like to you no that's yeah. my accent though uh hoyt accent was actually mainly known as a singer songwriter so he was like a folk singer in the 60s. So he's like uh, giving so like Burl Ives like vibe, I guess, energy. <laughs> like, I don't know, like similar. Okay. So we're, I, dubi I we're dubious of dad. Dad is an inventor. He invents very adorable little inventions. His first we see is the, he says he has fantastic ideas for a fantastic world. The bathroom buddy, which has everything you could ever want in a, in a thing, but uh, nothing works so he we meet him he's in chinatown he is looking for a christmas present for his son he is taken by a little boy down to a shop where we have the iconic key luke uh as the shop owner yes shout out always amazing and yes. they have and i wish he was in this movie more and so he finds the mogwai. i do too <laughs> uh, they found the Mogwai, which is you know we don't we don't have the reveal yet. All we hear is the voice. He's this little creature that he, he wants to give to Billy for Christmas. You hear and the, that cute little coo. Yeah, the little. It's a. It's, it's it, from even from that, I was like, oh, I will fuck you up. Like that's so cute. Like I want one. Like do you know what I mean? Like I get why like everybody wanted one after this. Like I feel like so many. I mean like the toy whatever craze 80s toy craze yeah. cabbage patch get you know these guys like all of that i get it because you see this oh, thing yeah. and you just want it it's so cute 
Yeah, and uh, you know, and uh, I have a sp- I have a lunchbox. I got a Gremlins lunchbox, uh, and I think that part of what Spielberg brought to this movie is this, I, you know, because I've read, uh, I got to do a few years ago, uh, Adam Green and Joe Lynch on their podcast, uh, Movie Crypt, which is fantastic if you haven't listened. Every Christmas, they do a 48 hour straight podcast uh, mm-hmm. where they just guest after guest after guest and it's uh, right raising money for, for Yorkies uh, rescues. And so I got to one year do one of the script reading and it was the original script for gremlins like, oh my god before they before they like spielberged it um and so it was like they gave it to us and it was like the colored copies and like with the like, so you can't copy it and as soon as we were finished they took it out of my hands and like i you know they were very very precious with it um but it was much less cute so it's a, you know this is this is something Spielberg's like but you know after like the ET but we're gonna Bonanza, make it a little ET right? yeah we gotta make it a little ET and so also opportunity for sequels and merch and all that kind of stuff that that comes from that right oh for sure uh, and mm-hmm. you know and they're really giving they they give a lot of shout outs to Spielberg in this you know they they, they he one of them says phone home you see when the Gremlins does you see the ET doll uh, yeah. they walk past a movie theater and it's playing a boy's life and watch the stars which were the original yep. scripts for for et uh and uh close encounters Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of him in there so the rules that we get from the little boy he smuggles out the mogwai gives it to rand peltzer tells him the three rules keep him out of the sunlight sunlight out of light entirely sunlight will kill him uh no water at all he doesn't drink anything you don't bathe them nothing and never ever feed them after midnight so let's meet kingston falls usa i know joe dante was very adamant to shoot this on a back lot to give it that kind of Christmassy, you know, it's oh, I was like universal. It is full. Like I was like, oh, it's back to the future. I was like, it's that square, that section of universal. Uh It's very all of that. So I was just like, oh, I felt it felt very familiar in that way. I've been there many, many times. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they have like the matte painting in the back. It's it's lovely, giving mm-hmm. it like a, a callback kind of fairy tale feel. So we meet uh, Pete, who is Corey Feldman, who is uh, we first meet him in a tree. He is working for his dad's Christmas tree lot. It is adorable. So if you're he's uh, pretending curious, to be a Christmas tree and I love it. It's very, I, that's and so he's so cute. like he hates it so much. And like you can hear his little voice being so annoyed by it. He's he's great. Corey Feldman, when when Corey Feldman was fantastic, I didn't know he was Corey Feldman yet. Like this is like the Corey Feldman I live for. I love him. Um, I love him forever. I love him still now. I love him making music now and going on tour. One of my friends is a drummer right now on tour. I know we absolutely should. We should. I'll I'll message my homie. We'll go. Okay. I will go see Corey Feldman. I've never met him. I would totally go see him perform. Let's go. He's quite a a man. Um, Billy, by the way, was aged up uh late later in the stage of this of this film so this okay that was my weird age gap i was like what the fuck is his what age i literally have that in my notes i was like what age is billy supposed to be because i think billy's supposed to be like 21 right like because he's working at or or like or at least 1920 because he's out of high school yeah like he's like Like, right so they're like late late teenagers early 20s and then pete is like you know 12 or whatever so it when it they were supposed to be both young boys and then it kind of got weird and so they changed it but they didn't change Corey feldman i'm not exactly sure how it worked i it's fine i I don't i don't mind it's like i was like why is this dad getting his old ass son a puppy basically do you know what i mean though like kind of like everybody likes puppies terry would you there's no age where you're too old for a puppy. Are you kidding? Like, when is your parents getting you a puppy, though, for Christmas? I feel like that would be like, you get your own would, dog when you're an adult. I don't know. It's, it was weird to I me. I feel like it would not be out of the realm of possibilities my parents would buy me a puppy. Still. To this day. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, that's I, that's I'm not ashamed to say that. I think that's a nice thing to say. So Billy is also a comic book strip writer, just on the side. Uh, he is perpetually late. He has a very faulty bug that works when it feels like it. And we we meet the infamous Mrs. Deagle. What an evil Deagle. woman! Evil, yeah. pure evil. This woman comes into that bank. And just rages on to Billy and basically threatens to kill his dog if she doesn't get her way and things don't go the way she likes. She says her dog, his dog has ruined her snowman and she wants the dog murdered for uh, like accidentally knocking over a, a holiday, you know, decoration. Why? But also refuses woman- to give also refuses to give a woman who begs her for for leniency with money for rent uh, with her clearly very sick children who are hungry and say so and mrs deagle doesn't doesn't care nothing yeah full scrooge yeah right there yeah, yeah. she's like if you mixed uh, scrooge with the wicked witch from the west like that mm-hmm. would be this woman uh, yep. together. So uh, we all, I, I love also Judge Reinhold. I wish we had more of him in this movie. Uh, Same. I was so excited. <laughs> I was and like, I know, him and there and were Phoebe Cates. I was like, yes, there's got to be more. together. Yeah. Yeah. Our, uh, our little Fast Times reunion. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Well, Billy has to be at least 21 because he's drinking at a bar. Right. So, right. So was he, he drinking? Or I thought he was just sitting there drawing too. That's why I was confused. I kept asking what age he was because he was just hanging out there. I feel like everyone was just hanging out there too with Mr. Futterman. He didn't even seem like he was drinking. I think he was just there to watch Kate maybe. But who knows? Who knows? Another time, another place. 1980s are weird. <laughs> uh, so uh, there's um, we have mom. We meet mom who is uh, adorable, who is making Christmas cookies and looking very uh, 80s mom and trying to work these inter- terrible machines that dad has made that don't work. The egg machine is terrible. The, the, the orange juice machine is a fucking mess. And it's their faces every time they like when mom and Billy look at each other every time they're about to use one and it's this a wonderful face of I know it's going to go wrong but I want to support dad and I'm going to try it even though I know it'll go wrong and with it's all so cute. hope for daddy with all hope to support pop and she's like I know these are great ideas too bad they only last you know for the first couple of times and the, if that mm-hmm. you know and so um, they both commiserate kind of have that like Julia said that knowing glance it's so cute so uh, we finally, dad comes home and we meet Gizmo. Gizmo has this little reveal coming out of his box looking cute as fuck. And Billy is immediately taken. Mom makes the mistake of taking a flash photo, uh, which she freaks out at. And so it explains the rules to them. Uh, and it all goes well until Pete comes over to just like hang out and accidentally knocks over a glass of water that Billy had been keeping his paintbrushes in over onto Gizmo, who... Would you explain what happens? He looks like he's having a violent seizure and then starts molting. And those little molting turns into little balls. Those little balls turn into more little mogwai. And those little mogwai mm-hmm. do not seem to be as nice as Gizmo. They seem to be a little bit different temperament. Um, there's one that's got a little mohawk called Stripe. Um, you got to watch out for him. He seems like a little mm-hmm. crazy gangster of a little of a little um, mogwai. And he turns out to might be a ringleader. Um, and they're Did way... You know- mm-hmm. Did you know, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Did you know the, this specific order of like, you get them wet, they molt, and then they turn into eggs. And then did you know that progression? 
I knew that they culture. transformed. I didn't know the egg, what the eggs look like because I never okay. saw that part. But I knew that they they multiplied if you got them wet. And I knew that that was bad. And I also knew that they turned crazy. I thought they actually getting them wet is what turned them into that thing. I didn't know that's that's how oh, they okay. like propagated. Uh, so they're they're bad to the bone. They decide to to tie Barney up the dog into uh, the some Christmas lights. So as they say, they hang him. And- they almost kill him. And the yeah. family thinks it's Mrs. Deagle. Um, had actually gotten the dog, but they don't realize, or like Billy thinks it might have been Mrs. Deagle, but mom's like, no, 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 we don't know. Like, we don't have proof. I don't think Mrs. Deagle could have the energy to like get that dog up into that thing. Like, nah. she's, she seems, to, I know she's pretending to be weaker than she is, but she's still like a weak ass later lady. We haven't mentioned uh, Mr. Futterman, who is played by our our, our friend Dick Miller. Yay! A staple in Joe Dante movies and uh, a, a glorious, glorious man. And he mentions in the beginning of the film that he is, he hates all things foreign because uh foreign things have gremlins in them and you have to trust american products uh so he explains the gremlins this was actually bad dash of xenophobia but it also seems like it's rooted in going off to war so we understand a little bit of his like stress and he they gave at least they give a little bit of that endowed into it so i was like okay i'll take a little bit of your xenophobia grounded in you know um in in uh but but i think and i uh, you know the the <laughs> sure, and his harsh, you know, the har- his harshness against foreigners is obviously uh, not a nice character trait. But this is a way to bring in, which actually was in World War II. They actually believed that there were gremlins. They talked about gremlins being in machinery and actually fucking things up. And I think there's a cartoon, maybe Disney, that talks about that has gremlins that come in and fuck machinery up. So they like specifically machinery is their favorite thing to like mess with. So I think that that's a cool thing. Uh, so Billy gets to takes one of the new mogwai over to the science teacher to who is the only person he knows that has anything sciencey to do he's like well yeah, glenn Turman, one of my I favorite got. 80s actors as well i was so excited he's this so movie's stacked. he's just a great i think he's just a great great actor he's like been that in like as so well. wonderful things like just amazing and so i was like oh cool um then i was like oh no he's probably about to die and then i got like all worried <laughs> <laughs> but um Um, but yeah so he's gonna study this little mogwai and so he's gonna basically put it through you know some experiments which um um, he's like tells tries to tell little mogwai as he's gonna go you know put a little uh, syringe into it to try to like i think subdue it a little bit it's not gonna hurt and then it does and the mogwai's like oh you lied kind of moment yeah because he's drawing blood to do tests yeah don't lie to a mogwai man just that's i think that's part of the problem too you can't lie to him that like Mogwais understand English in a in a way because they seem they to respond do. to quite mm-hmm. quickly like once the, you know because they're born so fast and seem to be like immediately aware of where they are. Uh, we have this uh, scene where Billy is walking Kate uh, Phoebe Kate's home from the bank and they have a conversation about Christmas and there's Christmas carolers and oh everybody loves Christmas and she says like well some people don't like Christmas and he's like how could they not um, and she's like well you know. It's the most suicide rate or the highest around there and uh, gives the line, while other people are opening their presents, some people are opening their wrists. And you're like, oh, okay. It goes real dark right there. And I kind of love that. (laughs) I was not expecting that. And I was like, Especially from her little sweet angel face as well, you know, to just be like, and, you know, and she's like, and she says like, you you say you hate Thanksgiving and people don't care, but you say you hate Christmas and like people choose like a leper because it is such a revered holiday and it's all joy and it's all beauty. But of course, uh, everything has a dark side, but he does ask her on a date successfully, uh, which is very adorable. As, as they see, they give the vibe mm-hmm. that they were dating already in the beginning of this movie. They're so 
close together? I, yeah, I thought they did too. And I was like, oh, I, are they just like, you know, I don't know, boyfriend, girlfriend circling each other? I was like, oh, this hasn't happened yet. It's definitely inevitable by the way, you know, they're treating each other. Um, yeah, but she sure does hate Christmas. And we'll find out a little bit later why, but I do love that moment. Um, so the doctor ends up leaving out food um, while he's testing um, this extra little, uh, his little Mogwai test subject accidentally um, next to it. He picks up one of the bags of food and walks away, but his sandwich he leaves too close to the cage. And that Mogwai are smart and they're dexterous and they pull a little Sammy in there and they're going to eat. He's going to eat after midnight. How smart is that they're going to uh, stop Billy's clock before midnight so he doesn't know that he's actually feeding them after midnight and it's all a trick. So when he brings in some chicken, wakes, uh, goes to the fridge. Don't know if you notice on the fridge, Terry, little smiley face sticker, a la The Howling. Hey, Aww, we love it. We love you, Joe Dante. Uh, so he gives them some chicken. The, 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 I can't watch the close-ups of them eating chicken because it's so gross there's so much slime and gunk and like joe dante's not afraid to go gross uh and i feel like there's a lot of them like because oh, i don't mind them eating eating all sloppy it's fine I, it's interesting to turn the bogway which would at first we've only had gizmo who's been adorable into these guys being somewhat repulsive already before they've even changed yeah these guys are already bad to the bone so these are these are a different different set of mogwai for sure um and so we have yeah the science the science lab mogwai and the home mogwai are all turning overnight um all of a sudden we have these cocoons that pop up that are disgusting as well mm-hmm. um dad's at the convention still he, cu- he makes a phone call um, did, you know, did you catch the spielberg cameo I did not. I did not. Oh, he like he like rides by him in this little contraption when he's on. I the phone. didn't even look at who was in the contraption. I was literally focused on the dad on the phone. I did yeah. not pay attention. Well, to him. I, I've Whoever seen it, was, you know, a, a million times. times. It was my first time. So I was like, "What is he saying? What's going on? Why isn't he home yet? Why is he this far is, away? This is yeah, not going to go is, well." This is fun. I've I, to talk. I, it's it's fun to 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 show this in movie to people who don't know what the deal is, right? Like yeah. like, like you know where you're going, but how are you going to get there? Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, the Mogwai are evolving in, um, one of the little Mogwai at the school, um, in the science lab, like while science class is going on, it's like, like basically like popping his way out of his little cocoon. Um, and then the cocoons are ooey gooey at home. And so there's about to be some trouble as soon as these guys erupt out of the cocoons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Glenn, uh, Glenn Terman, uh, Roy Hansen, sorry, like who is the, um, science teacher science comes teacher, to and he- yeah goes and sees that the egg is hatched and so finds whatever it is under a table lures it in with the snickers uh, horror movies survive a guy tip if there's something a creature underneath something you can't see it you've never met it do not stick your entire arm there because it's it will kind of like chomped. the don't poke the alien thing with a stick you know it's yes. that it's that thing it's a similar vibe i was like oh no mm-hmm. he's about to lose his hand as soon as he put it there i was like okay goodbye science teacher man i loved you and Aww. you're gone, Mr. Hansen. So yeah, Hansen, his hands in. Get it? Hey. Mr. Hansen. So his hands in and it's gone. It gets chomp chomped. And all of a sudden he's gonna get pulled under that table. Billy's gonna come in and find uh Mr. Hansen's uh butt hanging out from the side with a syringe in it because that Mogwai wanted revenge because they are smart, yeah. smart little creatures. They are. So the this is so Billy calls uh, his mom to let them know that like she should get out of the house. She sees that they've hatched. Uh, and this is my favorite sequence in this entire film. It's I amazing. Love this sequence. So good. 
Well, the phone um, gets line gets cut off as soon as Billy says anything, basically. So the call yeah. barely gets through because um, these guys have already like had a run of the house. I love this sequence, too, because Johnny Mathis Christmas album, iconic in my family household. And that is the background music we get. And I just yeah. went, oh, beautiful. and it suddenly became creepy, didn't it? Because when someone turns that record on and you're not there, like there's no one else home, that suddenly becomes a very creepy thing. Uh, so mom is there. She had been making cookies, so she does have a butcher knife in her hand. But this kitchen scene is so beautifully choreographed and so surprising and gross and like really goes hard. Uh, last Christmas, I remember showing this to a friend of mine who'd never seen it. And like he was so thrown because he's like this movie he didn't expect this movie to go this hard and he's like oh okay we're in this world now like it's gone because it, the way it's sold it's like such a cute like sweet kids movie mm -hmm. looking thing and even kind of the beginning you're kind of like okay this is like a weird kids movie like this kid is a little too old but like it's fine um, but then you get to hear and I was like okay now I'm in this is the part that got me sucked into because I went okay mom is a badass do yes. your thing all of a sudden she's like double knifing dicing slicing freaking mogwai yeah she there's a there's one in the blender there's the the infamous microwave one which is which is so good and it's just this gremlin gore so which is kind of green disgustingness the uh, cooking spray in the face the stab yes. yeah she does great it's 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 brilliant i i really 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 love this scene um because this is not you never see 80s moms go this hard like this is you know like hard horror movie going uh, no they usually I, are like a lot of ah, uh, like uh, cowering in the corner and shaking a fist or or rubbing temples of head we're gonna get to this in probably i feel like in a soon and a movie coming up soon where just a mom just kind of sits comatose you're just like lady can you please come 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 back to life with us Please. Yeah, but I feel don't like I be mean, on the fainting even, couch. We don't need the fainting couch anymore. Like, sure, give me a badass still, mom. We, we, we still get like D. Wallace and E.T., or you get uh, uh, G, you know, uh, Joe Beth Williams in Poltergeist, and both of those right. moms go 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 hard. But this is like stabbing things in the fucking face, kind of hard, right? So this is she thinks she's killed them all. Goes out into the living room, and there is one in the Christmas tree that she now has this battle of this thing climbing on the Christmas tree. So the thing that I love about this movie is like how it does lure you in. You have to remember, I saw this at five with this Christmas stuff, right? And then any of, so now there's in now my I get why you're brain, not as much a Christmas person because this would like, me there up. Could, there could be a Kremlin. That's why you don't like Christmas like, you like Christmas. <laughs> no, no. And I, you like Christmas an extraordinary amount. Uh, I just, the, the, the consumerism angle of Christmas uh, not my favorite. Also, religious angle of Christmas, not my favorite. So I was like, I didn't grow up with the one. consumer one. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're, yeah. So um, so there's she battles, but luckily uh, Billy comes home just at the at the right time and ends up decapitating that gremlin head in the fire, burning. Yes. Yes. It's, mwah, mwah, mwah. it's beautiful because we had that red herring earlier of the like Christmas tree moving around and looking like because the kid because Pete was in one. So then all of a sudden we kind of get the same view of like the, the um, gremlin and like the tree just like Pete was in the tree. So it's mm -hmm. a really fun little like uh, payoff there um, where you don't know exactly what's happening. It's pretty great. Um, I do love that. So Billy walks his mom down the street to the neighbors and he's like, hey, you hang here. Call the police. Like um, I got to figure out what's going on. And so I'm glad he gets her out of there. Yeah, because Stripe is out. And he's like, Stripe is the ringleader. And I think he's the one. If there's anything bad's going to happen, he's going to make it happen. This does not go well because Stripe ends up, they go on, on a chase. And Stripe ends up in a freaking pool. 
You know yep. what happens when gremlins are in water? They multiply. So Billy runs to the cops. The cops, the course, do not listen. And, Useless. And he, of course, but he does sound like a crazy rambling man, even when, but they, he does show him the Mogwai. And he's like, hey, but then also trying to be like, oh, but they also change into little monsters. Very understandably but then the phone calls start coming in that things are going wrong around town and so now the cops have to go and having the cops be those small town cops that never have to deal with anything and now it's fucking chaos um they're they're whatever characters but i think that that, that's a fun thing to throw in oh yeah i mean they're basically barney fife going out into you know mayberry rfd like under siege and so Mm -hmm. it's just you know it's not going to go well and it's way above their pay grade um so they see you know what mr futterman was talking about and they see another guy um, who plays santa every year getting fully attacked they're like what is that on him they can't even their brains can't even compute what's Mm -hmm. happening because even though they were just told exactly what it was it's just so far-fetched that they're like we don't understand brain is still not oh they're like let's get out of here but they have a hard time getting out of there because the gremlins have already surrounded the car have already done some things to set their chain of events off they try to drive away but their brakes are already brake line has already been cut because the gremlins get into all the machinery and so they have a car accident and now the police those police are rendered useless yep Got, we got dead police. We got uh, the Futtermans, uh, poor, poor uh, Mr. Futterman and Mrs. Futterman. Uh, plowed down, door. literally Adorable plowed Jack down. Joseph. Yeah, they are plowed down by his end. But he sees as uh, right before it happens that, ah, there is a gremlin. He isn't crazy. He has been, he he gets his, his beautifulness right before he gets his demise. There is then, a gremlin. He's uh, driving my ride, my ride. So great Dick Miller. Great moment. Uh, that we have our favorite Mrs. Deagle, and my favorite thing is she she has a she's a cat lady. All of her cats are named after money in from different uh, places, which is adorable. Uh, she she hears Christmas carolers outside. She's going to go out and throw water on them, which is horrible. But I don't know if you because we watch stuff on with subtitles on because we never want to miss anything. And she calls them screechy voice little glue sniffers, which I thought was amazing. <laughs> Uh, blue sniffers. <laughs> what, a, what a weird insult it's so good it's so good but they're also she, like seven years old like <laughs> i know but that's but that's what they are when especially when you're that old that's what you would call them when you're sitting there you know eating all their paste at your in class you know um so great i love how evil and weird she is as a villain like it's really really fun um and she's and she, like not even she, uh-huh. she has such a fun death as well yes Ugh. Uh, she gets so, she has one of those uh, chair lifts that take you up and down the stairs and it, it rockets and she flies out the window. It's beautiful. So, and I'm just, I was obsessed when it came down the stairs. I was like, oh, they got to use that. As soon as I saw it, I was like, it's like Chekhov's, you know, gun or whatever. I was like, that's Chekhov's chair. That thing is too yeah. cool to not use like again and again. It's so good. Um, yes. And yeah. so like, this is the thing like this, this, this kid's movie, quote unquote, has a body count that's pretty high. Right. Yeah. This even like from like the movie priest- levels. The priest and the other guy by the by the mailbox. Like there's a there's yep. a lot going on in the Futtermans. There is a lot of bodies down. This whole town is getting rocked. Um, and then the tell, tell me how you felt about when we got to the Dory's Tavern sequence, Terry. How did you feel about this sequence? Okay, that's what I was like. They made the movie for this, right? Like they made yep. the movie to do this scene, right? This is like and, and um, if you haven't seen like dogs too, it's like dogs like playing Gremlin, poker. Yeah, it's like Gremlins that, you know, two is basically this scene for the whole movie. 
Okay, like, well, that, that makes sense level then. of insanity. I was like, yeah, I was like, that's why they made it. Because that's what I was envisioning the whole movie was going to be like. Because I feel like I've seen this, this these clips of them just like going buck wild. Like I just was like, it's going to be creature feature them going buck wild. They do go buck wild a good amount of the movie, but this is the wildest they've gone so far. And just a lot of close ups and a lot of like action of these guys just tearing apart the whole tavern. Um, playing poker, like doing just like they are just like it's like Vegas for them. Like it's like mini Vegas for yeah. the gremlins right now. There's the flash dance maniac one. There's like one with the ski mask. There's ones who are singing and there's one with the little puppets. Like there's just it's they just it's went, what can we reference? What can we do? What what's your dream gremlin? Let's throw it in there. This is like the spaghetti against the wall moment, right? It's like all the mm-hmm. all the gremlins doing all the things. They are partying so hard. Um and Billy and Gizmo and Phoebe are on the run um, and trying to get out of there because um, the whole town is just in turmoil and there's really nowhere to hide at this point. They're trying to figure out where can we go, where can we go. Um, and so um, then this is where we, of course, at the height of all of this is where we finally get the story from Phoebe Cates, right? The monologue. <laughs> the monologue. I know that this monologue is the one where every studio executives like you can't have this monologue in this movie you got to take this monologue out and everyone fought for it even spielberg was like nope got to be in there even though you're gonna take five-year-old kids and tell them there's no fucking santa claus do it i and that's honestly even though it did even though it ruined santa claus for me this movie still has such a special place in my heart because they did that because that's so fucking punk rock to do that in a kid's movie and i say yes yes it's pretty hardcore. And this scene, I was, I laughed. I'm sorry. So hard. I was like, wow. You like, laughed? I'm sorry. I'm, I, I'm an old lady watching this movie. I know you saw this as a child. So you have a very different reference point for seeing yes. this and hearing this monologue. I was like, holy shit. Are you kidding me? Phoebe Cates. Like, really? Okay. This is why. Okay. This is so fucked up. It's so fucked up. It's so mm-hmm. fucked up. Yeah. Um, so her dad died trying to be Santa is what we find out, you know, through a course of terrible events. Um, and this is why she hates Christmas. So this is also how she found out there was no Santa because he died while dressed up as Santa uh, for her family. And so um, it's pretty brutal. This is like the, the, the you know, denouement moment, like the high climax, like the, the gremlins have all gone crazy. The whole town is fully fucked up. And then she shares this story. And so now they both have Christmas trauma. Basically, this is like their shared Christmas trauma moment because he's kind of yeah. like, yeah, this Christmas sucked here too. Like this was bad. Christmas <laughs> is not going to be the same again. So all of the, they were trying to figure out it's going to be uh, light soon. And we know that the gremlins can't be in the sunlight. So they probably need to go somewhere that's dark. Where could they all fit that is dark? How about the movie theater? And, and indeed, there they are, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of gremlins in the movie theater, all going ber- berserk. And uh, they figure Eating popcorn, out- popcorn, trying to play a movie. <laughs> they, but the gremlins figure out how to run a 35 millimeter projector, which even for a human, quite difficult. So well done. Correct. This is how smart these creatures are. They like machinery. So they are transfixed by Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And we Hi get to- ho. They're so- Hi my- <laughs> My favorite thing about the scene, because it's it's beautiful how many of there are, is that knowing that just crouched down between each of those seats is just people with two puppets on each of their hands waving around as frantically they can. So if I just picture that, like behind the scenes of that, it makes me love it even more. It's delightful. It's truly delightful. Because that's, it's, it, I, that's the fun, I think, of this scene, especially, is just like the sheer chaos, just like the joy of the gremlins mm-hmm. comes through. 
from obviously the puppeteers like they're having a ball it's just yeah. a, a full ball yeah well they, i mean one of the things they describe as in the tagline is mischievous right which like this is the kind of the definition of mischievous like you're doing mischief and you're enjoying it so this is kind of what they're so they are fun uh, even though you know that they're going to kill you so they have a plan they're going to uh, blow up the movie theater they, they they break the gas line uh but stripe has gone out to get some candy because there was out at the candy stand and sees across the street he can read and he sees across the street that it says candy store. so mm-hmm. they do end up blowing up the movie theater so they're they've 99 of them are, are gone but stripe is the one that they know they you only kill. need one to make more right so that's the yeah. problem with these guys it's like if he finds another water source it can be a bad bad thing for all of them and so billy knows that he's like okay we still have to take him down because if even if there's one there's going to be a problem um, I love that the climax of this movie takes place in a Montgomery Ward. So that makes me really happy. <laughs> Rest in peace, Montgomery Ward. Aww. I, I remember those stores. Yeah. As a, as a child. Uh, so we have this this department series sequence that has a, a billion gags. We have uh, Stripe's face on all the monitors. Uh, Billy gets pwned with a, a tennis a tennis ball machine. Yeah. Sliced a bunch. There's almost a uh, buzzsaw interaction. Gizmo is coming to the rescue, though, in his Barbie Malibu dream car. Uh, just the and the like. The all of the '80s toys made me very happy too. Uh, it's like, oh, I never had a Marvel. I didn't really do. That's Barbie. the so consumerism of, a- of the holidays. Julia hates it, but she loves it in this sequence. <laughs> Well, if I can do 1984 consumerism and like go back in time and go to that store, yes. And I'm sure as a five-year-old in 1984. This is is all a beautiful commercial, this section. I was just like, beautiful. Give me all Mm -hmm. the things. Give me all the toys. Sure, product placement. Gorgeous. This is how the world goes round. So this is, I mean, Stripe's not fucking around because he also shoots him with a crossbow and then he finds a gun and it's just like, all right, I'm ready to fuck you up, man. He got no rules. So good. So good. Um, And then we end up getting this uh, stripe ends up going into this big fountain of acid. Am I crazy? No, it's just water. I think it's just green. It's just like the garden section. I thought it was like fake water. I didn't realize that it was just wet. What is fake water? Like, I don't know. Like, like, I don't know. I thought it was like not fake water, but um, what's that stuff called? Dry ice. Because it had like smoke oh. coming out of it. I thought it was like dry ice. I, think, I thought it was I think that. that was just supposed to be cinematic. I didn't I think thought that it was. I, I thought it was really dry be... ice. Sorry, I'm special. Oh. Thank you. No, that, that, <laughs> hey, this is interpretation. This is the great thing about movies is everybody sees something different. So Kate is trying to turn the, the lights on and we end up getting Gizmo to the rescue uh, when he realizes that it's dawn and in a killing the vampire type way opens up the curtains so that Stripe can fry in the sun and his demise grisly perfection what so gross so beautiful chef's kiss it's like if like um Mogwai was in Hellraiser at the end you know mm. like it's that kind of just like bones and just like you know goop flesh it's pretty peeling good. off of yeah bones. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really, really grisly. Of course, it, it jumps out at the end with a ver- with a last scare with a with the skeleton to get you. Uh, right here at the end, when we have a newscaster who is telling you about the disaster here in Kingston Falls, this is we mentioned also in our Howling episode. This is Lou Landers, the same newscaster that we have in the Howling. This is the crossover of the Dante, Dante universes. Mm-hmm. So uh, we know that the uh, the Lou Landers survived the the werewolf ho- Howling newscast and has gone on to continue to do so. 
and Mrs. Deagle convicted stock swindler. We find out she's a freaking stock swindler in this news section right here. And I was like, there you go. She was mm-hmm. bad to the bone from the very beginning as well. Uh, so we come, uh, grandfather Keeluk comes back to, he sees the news and knows exactly what happened and comes to get Gizmo to take him away because uh, you're not ready. You've you've ruined it for everybody. Uh, did that surprise you that, that Gizmo got taken away at the end? No, they weren't ready for him. He told them and they stole him. If you do something like that, if it's built on a lie, then that's not going to go well for you. Do you know what I mean? I feel like that's a horror like movie survival guide tip, like anything built on a lie, probably not going to go well for you. Um, and so the yeah. dad I thought had gone over and got told the old man. And so he's like, yeah, I have to send him away, dude. Sorry. So Gizmo, though, does have a little goodbye with him. He says, Billy, goodbye, Billy. And he says it in his cute little Gizmo voice. Mm-hmm. But the old man says, you know, grandfather says Mogwai will be waiting. So, you know, when you're ready, when you have the responsibility, when you're actually ready um, to, you know, uh, be a good steward to him. He will be waiting for you. And the last line of this movie, you guys, is telling children that there might be a gremlin in your house. You can see why I did not go home and get in my fucking dark house. No way. That's the last line of this movie. Man, at five, what a mind fuck. So um, I can't remember every single difference in the um, the the script that I did when I did that reading uh, with, uh-huh. with Joe Dante. And I read, I read for Billy's mom was my scene. Uh, but I do remember that at the end, Gizmo turns into there is another way that that gremlins can uh, metamorphosize, and he turns into a butterfly and he flies away. <gasps> oh, so he's like, like his like Zen or something. Basically, that's like his next ascension. That's yeah, cool. I guess like you can metamorphosize in a bad way, but you can also do it in a good way in gremlin lore. So I I, I like this ending though. I think this is a, a the good ending. So this is uh, the good ending, sh- and it gives you a chance for stuff to come back for another one. So we love it, and well, everyone wants that Mogwai. So um, I I will say Gremlins Two is is bonkers. It really is like the Dory's Tavern scene the whole time. And uh, at one of the Q and A's I did with Joe Dante, he mentioned how it, like the of, of course the studio immediately was like, you have to give us Gremlins Two. And he's like, yeah. I don't want to do Gremlins Two. I don't want to do this sequel. And he's like, okay, we'll just give it to somebody else. And he's like, oh, okay, you want me to do it? I'll give you fucking Gremlins Two. And then just wrote the most insane script of all time as kind of a fuck you to the studio, which is why I love Joe Dante. So that movie goes even crazier off the rails. Um, I am still surprised that you, you hadn't seen this for the first time, but I would love to hear some gore factor from you and then oh my God. a rating and I can hear even more about it. I love that. Of course, gore factor, kids. One, not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two, a puddle of blood. Three, enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four, a bathtub of blood. And five, a run for the barf bag. Um, our beautiful, sweet little baby gremlins, as much as there's a lot of violence and feels like there's like things like happening, but most of the violence is against the gremlins. Um, and then the violence against humans, we actually don't actually see much of the blood after we see a lot of the uh, preliminary. So we give this a 3.5. Um, it's like kind of enough to grow out the average because there's a lot of really gross things with the gremlins, but it's not mm-hmm. super bad. Yeah, because we get Billy's hand and stuff like that. but And like yeah. all of the stuff is like the one exploding in the microwave and stuff, but it's not human. Decapitation. So we don't know how much that- we don't know how much yeah. that counts as kind of gore, gremlin gore versus human gore. Right. Uh, for movie ratings is ch- Chainsaws, one, if you're desperate, two, Burial qualifies as a horror film, three, seen worse, seen better, four, not too shabby, and five, fantastic oracle. It's a five for me. This movie, I think, is 
perfect in the way that it it is a Christmas movie and it is a kids movie, but it's one of the most fucked up Christmas kids movies you'll see. And that it was such a box office like blockbuster for being this kind of weird and left of center. I love that about it. Um, it's a four for me. I think it is not too shabby. Um, clearly there's a lot of weirdness about this and I feel like I'm very too old to see this for the first time. That is okay. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I like the performances. I just still was just baffled by Billy's age from the beginning to most of this movie. I still feel like they should have just made him younger and gone with it and like kept him and Corey Feldman the same age. Why is it weird that he's this age? I still just think it's like, he's like, I'm going to get my kid this little, little cute little thing. I don't know. It's just, it's just like geared towards little kids, but he's a grown up. I don't know. I just don't like the weird divide of that. It's strange to me. Uh, I don't know. I guess like they want it, but they probably you think about like the studio probably wanted to add an, a, like a romance element, right? I'm Which sure. you can't do with that. And also you she can't give that monologue at 12. Like nah. it's, it's even, it's dicey at 20 something like at 12. That's, you can't do that. Make a kid give that monologue. So I, I, I see what you mean. Um, I am yeah. hoping that you all have no gremlins in your house for Christmas or any holiday. Uh, if you do, how do you survive this? Hmm. You just don't get a mogwai in the first place, right? Yeah, uh, you like listen when the old man says, "I don't want to sell it to you. I don't you sell that pay. in the shop." Yeah, the, don't don't go around somebody's back when they don't want to sell something to you. That's yeah. Up. Buy something else. Like if you're gonna spend uh, money, do you know what I mean? Though, like just buy something else from him or something and move on. Like I wouldn't push him. But also, when something like this, when they give you rules, follow the rules. Right. But they did their best to follow the rules. But, you know, when you have somebody new in the room every time, you're not ready because that's what happens. It's like every time something got messed up, it was when somebody new who didn't really know the rules yet, like was in the room with them that they didn't have to say, like literally walk around, be like, these are the three rules. Every time you walk in the room, hang them around Gizmo's neck and just be like, here you go. This is a don't please don't keep the lights Uh, down. (laughs) No water, please. (laughs) I you know that I love me some Joe Dante. and, And and one of the things I love about Joe Dante is that you know, even in, you know, his quote unquote kids movies, you take something like this, you take something like Explorers, which just is, is a little bit dark and, un- and fucked up. And, and I think that uh, I like that about his, he, he feels, he feels punk rock to me. So if you like Gremlins, if you don't like Gremlins, give us your opinion. We'd love to hear from you. We are on Twitter. Did you watch Facebook, this as a child as an adult? Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> Did it ruin Santa Claus for you? We want to know these things. <laughs> I really want to know all, all the kids that it ruined because I feel like it's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, this was a the, yeah, this is an, an intense moment in my life. Uh, so we 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 love hearing from you. If you have any recommendations, we would love to hear what films you'd love for us to cover. We are on Patreon. Uh, we are on Teespring. If you would like to buy merch uh, for gifts or for yourself, we have it there for you. Terry, I love talking about movies with you every week. You are you are. I am so delighted that I get to do this with my best friend. I, and I will see you next week for more movies. Let's do it again next time. Okay, great. I love it. It's a date. All right. See you all there. Okay. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Horror Movie Survival Guide is independently produced by Terry Gamble, Julia Marchesi, and Sierra Rhine. Hey, that's me. If you would like to support the show, find us on patreon.com slash horror movie survival guide.